Blog Talk Radio. Radio and the world, it's Benny, I'm back, and this show isn't going to suck like that one last week, sorry about that, Pete, I don't know where we brought him out of, but good God, Clay Tipton has left the building, we've got a legend on tonight, this is the first time this dude has ever done an interview in public, he's one of the greatest direct sales people of all time, not afraid to tell you that either. We've got the legendary Frank DeBono in the house. Not sure where the hell he's calling from, because I got a squiggly number here. Probably won't be taking calls tonight, Keith. And by the way, this is triple X adult only, so um, anybody knows Frankie knows the language isn't always politically correct. This will have some good information. And again, sales marketing behind the eight ball. We set the standard. Back into in a minute. technology tonight. That's the first time in the history of this show I ever got the music to stop without a tech girl here. What's up, Blog Talk Radio, Warrior Form, everybody else, Vegas Vents. I am really looking forward to doing this show. Frankie DeBono. I'm going to give you a little background on this dude because he's probably somebody a lot of you haven't heard of, and he likes to keep it that way, but this dude was once described by the legendary copywriter Gary C. Halbert as probably the most frightening direct closer he had ever seen. And Gary was pretty good at sales himself, so that's quite the compliment coming from a legend like him. For those of you who uh, remember the classic movie with Jack Lemmon, Al Pacino, Alec Baldwin, it's a sales classic, it's uh Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You'll remember the famous uh, scene in there where Alec Baldwin gives the little uh, motivational speech, if you want to call it that. That particular character was actually inspired by this dude we got on the line tonight. He served as a consultant on the film. He also has later served as a consultant on the movie Boiler Room, which uh, came out a few years ago. That was another good flick. But Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is a friggin' sales classic, maybe the best ever made. Had a hell of a cast, too. I think every dude in that movie, Kevin Spacey, all of them, I think they all won Academy Awards at some point in their career. Um, I actually got a chance back in the, God, we're going back to probably 93, 94 when I was living in Vegas. 
I actually got to work with this dude. We're going to talk about that. We were selling sports picks down there. And I have not actually had a chance to talk to him too many times in the last several years. And uh, it's going to be, uh, this is going to be, again, adults only. Frankie keeps a real man. And uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, his career, his advice, what he's doing now. You know, this is a dude who's probably generated in excess of $25 million, much of it done over the phone. So other than that, um, I think I'll just hit the sponsor information real quick because it pays the bills, and we're going to get uh, – I have not – Frank, if you're out there, I ain't got a clue which number. I got a bunch of them, but I, I think I'm just – you told me you're calling in on some funky Skype or something, so I don't even know where the hell you're at, buddy, but I found you, I think. Um, sponsor information, Roscoe's Rib Shack on Redondo. Let me say it again, Roscoe's Rib Shack on Redondo, your number one source for everything barbecue, now offering three locations, and as always, free check cashing between the hours of midnight and 6 a.m., Roscoe's Rib Shack on Redondo. And no, I'm not going to mention the part about it's not the best of neighborhoods. The one, uh, by the way, i got to give the location behind the pool hall, on the corner of Lindsay Avenue and Redondo Drive. Like I said, Roscoe's Rocks, they've been with us, God, I think almost four months now. Told you guys last week we did that catering in Miami, and they hooked us up. Appreciate you guys down there, man. All righty. Let's get into it. This is going to be a lot of fun. i got to get over here. Um, Frankie must be calling on one of those weird Skypey things here. Let me see if I can get him on here. Yo, Frank, are you there, brother? Yeah, I'm calling you from the satellite phone. What the hell is a satellite phone, dude? <laughs> I'm just kidding you, Mook. What do you say? Man, I'm just, man, this is, uh, I, all I can say is, man, it's like a step up from last week's show. So I really appreciate this. I know you don't like doing these. I know for a guy who's in real life a little bit on the flamboyant side, you kind of keep under the radar. And I just appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this, man. I actually put the disclaimer up there like you told me to. Yo. How did you find this toothless hillbilly from under which rock did you find this knucklehead that you bring on the show last week? Um, well, kind of a long story, but let's just say that I had done the other show with Wags. The guy called in, uh, you know. I, I, I'm not. Um, that's it's like those, a walking scene out of Deliverance. This guy you got. Yeah, he he um, he was definitely different. Um, what did you think about the uh, double keyword gimmick? You're not really an internet. I think he, should, I think he should stick this strum and his banjo on a stump. I <laughs> was an idiot. Well, you know it takes all types, man. What's up, man? What has been? I have. What not, is going on with you, Vinny? Yeah, I, I have not. Um, I have not actually seen you since probably. What, what I'm guessing about 1993, 94. We were doing the little gimmick down in Vegas on the picks, or what? Yeah, that's right. We were picking the winners. Well, we were trying to. We were <laughs> yeah, <definitely>. right. <laughs> we always pick the winners. They pick the losers. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because that was, um, you know, this was another example of, of uh, kind of a 
a deal that you dominated in the office because, you know, that's a tough racket. You know, basically, for those of you who don't know what a tout is, you, you know, we're down in Vegas, and you got people that are calling up for winners of the NFL games, and you got a cold column. And uh, Frankie was the type of guy who could actually score the whales. You picked up some $10,000 customers. And I don't know if it was because you were, you know, particularly a good handicapper or you just know how to close, and you did it time and time again. And um, give us your thoughts about back in the good old days as far as that. What was that fat, crazy lady we worked with? What was her name again, Lizzie? Uh, Lindsay, I think. Lindsay, Lindsay, whatever. Lindsay used to funnel me some of the some of the good paper, let's put it that way. We took care of Lindsay, she took care of us. And uh, those were good times, man. I had a lot of fun back in, in Vegas. You, you know, people don't know much about your history, I don't think. I, I'm really not looking forward I'm to I'm sure you me. haven't told them too many of your stories, huh? No, I, I, I kind of keep the early 90s out of the equation, bro. But well, unless you got something real good that's family-friendly or at least not going to put me in jail, I don't mind you sharing. I'm going to take uh, my advice of counsel and avoid self-incrimination. I'm not going to get into any of that. All right, man. Let's talk about – I mean, let's just call it like it is. You, like I said, man, anybody who's hung out with you, you're what – you know, I, I, what do they call you? The life of the party. I mean, that's basically what it was back in the day. And um, yet you kind of keep a low profile in terms – I know you've had book offers. I know you've had this and that. Uh, let's, let's jump right into um, – how you started out? What I mean, you started. You 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 sold. I mean, I'm looking at the list, man. I was trying to compile it. Timeshares, IPOs, commemorative coins. Take us back to like when you got in this business, and we're talking over the phone, hardcore selling. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, I made my bones really selling coins. Talk about that's, how that you know, that's a, went down. That's a tough gig. That's a tough gig, and and there's a lot of money to be made. You know, there's a lot of money to be made in that market, but. Uh, that's where I originally got my start. I was calling uh, rare coins, and we did a lot of commemorative gold. We did uh, a lot of proof coins, and nothing under Mint State 65. Um, it, was just, it was the uh, it was a it was a time when you could you could do things a little different now. You know, you have the internet now. Everybody wants to trade their own stocks. They got you know, they got all these options. There wasn't quite the same amount of information available back in those days. And well, so tell we, us how the pitch on the coins were, because when we're talking commemorative coins, that's a fancy word. We're basically for a for a, a quarter with, you know, I mean, let's call it like it is. You know, it's it's basically gold-plated stuff. One, well, I mean, I I wasn't involved in that particular thing with you, but how did that work? Give me the pitch on that. You, you're, you're sitting there. Tell me how you sold those coins. A commemorative gold piece is a piece that. It's a limited run. It's 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 valued by its numismatic properties. You know what numismatic properties means? That means it's the rarity and the quality of the coin that gives it its value. Okay. And they, the more rare they are, the more valuable they become. Okay. We sold a lot of commemorative gold. We sold a lot of proof coins. These are coins that are struck twice, three times by the mint. They are not in circuit. None of these are circulated coins. None of that circulated garbage. This is this is all mint state. Hermetically sealed in a slab, graded by uh, independent grading service. It's investment grade coins. Okay, so these were investment. All right, well, how did the pitch so, go? I mean, did, were these? I assume this was outbound calling. They flopped some leads on your desk. How? how just give us a rundown of a of a Frankie DeBono pitch on coins back in the day. Coins back in the day. Well, we'd call up, 
we'd call up and we'd tell them that, uh, you know, that we had a, a rare opportunity on a particular coin off the gray sheet that was going for, uh, you know, a unique price, a, a unique op window of opportunity existed to get into the market in a good position. We would present them with the offer, and we would send out our bonded courier to pick up the check. Now, the way that that worked was it's what we call a front call close. You had to close that, that lead on the on the first call. That ain't easy, as you know. Right. Um, so we had to do, you know, we had to tap dance a little bit. It was a, it was a tough pitch, you know. I don't know what, how much we've cut. What do we talk about here on this thing? We uh, You want to get into this? Specifics? What do you yeah, want me to tell them? Hey, it's, it's all good, man. We're gonna. I want to run through it all. I, I want to. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, because I know. I know where you made. You know, uh, people. Anybody's generated the type of jack you have doing it the hard way. Now, maybe it wasn't hard for you, but I mean, the amount of money that you know in terms of sales that you've done is far and beyond probably above anything I've ever heard anybody else doing. And. Um, and you know this is your chance to brag it up a little bit. What I know you made a ton of jack in the IPO business back in the day, and that's kind of an interest now to a lot of people because obviously there's been some issues in that industry. But again, we're going back. I don't know if you were doing that in the late '80s, early '90s, but and when we mean IPOs, we're, for everybody out there, doesn't know we're talking about initial public offerings. These are these are stocks. Um, I assume that's why you got that gig doing the consoling on the movie Boiler Room. But to run us through that, man. To give us a uh, give us a Frankie DeBono pitch on on when you were touting the next, uh, you know, great stock. Well, I, I don't want to get into that too much. There was some some issues in that. Let's leave it at that. We don't want to talk too much about that. Let's move on to Vegas and me and you. All right. Well, what 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 do? Uh, uh, I'm trying. There's a danger <laughs> zone for me, Vinny. That's not uh, it's not something that's good to talk about. All right, brother. You can talk about Vegas. Um, I only hit the strip club with you one time that I remember. Well, that's, you know, not the strip club where the action happens, as you know. I remember <laughs> a few nights that uh, were kind of memorable, you know, uh, a few things that we did. <laughs> I was always I don't know how much I want to talk about on the air. That's all right. No problem. Oh, man, this is, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I got to figure out where you're going with it. <laughs> No, I was. Well, you're uh, a gentleman, you know. I'm the one who's the crazy asshole out of the bunch. It's not you. It's me. It's the, the knucklehead out of the whole crew. But uh, it's all good, you know. We had a lot of fun times. It was a good time for me. I, I enjoyed that time we spent together in those years. It was a fun, fun place to be. These days, I'm, I'm. You wouldn't even recognize me. I'm fat and happy. I'm down in Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic now. Really? What, what the hell are you doing down there, bro? Well, I uh, I, I sell resorts. Oh, you're back in? Okay, well, that was going to bring me to my next thing. Because the other industry that you pretty much conquered, and I actually heard you pitch this, and this, uh, serious peeps, this guy was probably the best of all time in terms of the timeshare gimmick. You, you, I know one particular month, and I don't know what kind of commission it was, I don't even need to know, but I know that you did probably 30 to 35 closes on this stuff so as far as t actual time sharing you were doing this over the phone dude so run that run us by that man because i know you don't have a lot of use for timeshare buyers yourself no it's a different you know the, the gig the way it works these days is a lot different than it used to be and you know these are real true investment grade properties that we're dealing with and we get a lot of a lot of high-end clients they fly in and we show them a, a pleasant time around the island we give them uh, i bet you do <laughs> a very a very enjoyable vacation from the normal activities in Ohio or 
Podunk, Kentucky, or wherever they're from. And uh, we, you know, we we hit the links a little bit. We we hit the town a little bit. We have some fun, and they leave with uh, you know a check in my hand for one hundred eighty thousand dollars. And this is where where in Dominican Dominican Republic. That's right. Well, I know what a Dominican Republic is. I just didn't. I didn't even know there was a timeshare market down there. But I guess. Uh, Vinny, you got to come to this. You got to see. What do you got? Chicks on what about the what, what about the women? Unbelievable. Un- yeah. Unbelievable. You'd think Vegas was something. Really? These women are exotic and, and luscious creatures here. Really? <laughs> All right, well, you're, you're pitching me now, man. I might just have to scrap everything. What I'm telling you, Vinny, what's it going to take for you to come? I'm going to have to come out there and fly you myself, right? I'm going to have to come pick you up and take you to the freaking airport. No, man, I think, I, I, think I, I think I'll talk to you after the air and find out some details on that, man. I'm down for a week or two down there. I fly out of Miami and get down there. Absolutely, every day. Cool. Let's talk about um, – ah, I just watched the clip, man. I love this freaking movie. I'm saying freaking now, too. I, I, <laughs> you I, see? I, 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 come I, back, I, I come back in the room, and now you're uh, all crazy. Yeah, I know it, man, because this is just, like, sublime, man, because I didn't talk to you in a while. Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, got to have been, in my opinion, I mean, I love Wall Street because I like to greet his good yeah. line, but Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross was, to me, the, the, the quintessential sales movie of all time. And the fact of the matter is, your character in real life, who you are, basically inspired the, the Alec Baldwin character. Run us through that. I know you were on, I know you have got some non-disclosure still with that, but you talk about what you can talk about in regards to that. Because, man, a lot of people are familiar with that movie. It had a hell of a cast, man. Pacino, oh, Lemon. Absolutely. Well, a guy named Jeff Wietzel, who I did some work with in New York, was the guy who brought me into that. He was involved in the entertainment industry. And he... He needed somebody who really, you know, had juice in the business, who knew what, right. what it was all about. And it was a great screenplay. It was a great, it was an in, incredible production. Every every aspect of that film was something to be remembered. And the truth of the matter is, a lot of a lot of the lines, a lot of the stuff is uh, is very similar to the kinds of talk. I mean, we've told people to hit the bricks how many times? Huh? Oh yeah, plenty. Uh, and the way, it, the, the, way it, it's, the it's the closest fans. thing I've ever seen in my life. To what it is to be, you know, in a in a room selling real estate in New York. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every bit of that. And Alec Baldwin, you know, it's kind of a kind of a combination between Blake and and Ricky Roma is kind of who who I am. Right. And uh, and that's an interesting way that they kind of mix the two of those up. <laughs> you know, you well, see this watch? How many times do you hear me say that? Vinny? Yep. 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 See his watch. <laughs> well, what, I, I've seen the brass balls too. That's what I. I was sitting there, man. I was watching the clip last night, and I'm almost biting a hole in my lip because I remember that when they. And actually, I don't know how long that lasted. You were always on the other side, but they had actually brought you in on one of these things. And I think I was hanging out waiting for you. I think this was in Vegas, and you went in there and basically had to do that Alec Baldwin pitch to because he, you know, the, the, whatever sales were down or whatever. And I remember you clicking and. The brass balls, and that was before the movie even came out. So, well, it's uh, you know, it's a, I think the greatest piece of uh, of film ever recorded for what it's like to work in a phone room. It is the true uh, representation of of what happens every day mm-hmm. with guys on the grind and the guys who who make the money. You know, bottom line is uh, 
First prize is a Cadillac Eldorado. Second prize is a set of steak knives. <laughs> yeah. Third prize is you're fired. Hit the yeah. brick. You're going out. No, that's, that's the way it works. Now, then, I know later on you did, um, I know they brought you in, I don't know if it's the same dude, but they brought you in to do some consoling for Boiler Room, which was another, I thought that was an excellent movie too, man. I, I like those type of movies anyways, and that was a different thing. I think, what were they, they were actually selling I was Jeff Weasel again. again. You know, yeah. the thing is, the, uh, I didn't really like that experience too much, to be honest with you. It was a totally different set of people for the most part, and it was just... Uh, wasn't as pleasant of an experience. It wasn't as good of a cast, and I, I didn't think that the screenplay was as good either. But uh, well, they tried was, to make know, a love story out of it in the middle of the film. But yeah, I enjoyed. It. I mean, yeah. I liked the. It uh, wasn't believable the way it worked. Yeah. It, it just didn't. Wasn't really how it goes down. Right. All so, right. Well, I, you know, it was. You know, again, Jeff Weitzel was was very good to me. You know, that was a that was a a, a very kind. Thing that he did in those days to uh, involve me with these people because that's you know a little above my pay grade uh, working with these Hollywood types you know what I'm saying New York is uh, is an interesting place because anything can happen at any time as you know exactly now I'm going to get into some stuff you can answer this stuff or you not but I got to sort of ask a couple questions I know you had a few uh, legal problems I know that there was I know that. Um, I know that they mentioned that you had some involvement potentially, or at least, they, and I'm not saying this is true, I'm just saying what they said. It's public record, but uh, some alleged ties to organized crime up there, and that you were a shill or a front uh, for the Gambino family, and this is what, again, and this isn't what actually, you were never charged for any of that, I know that. That's the only reason I'm even bringing it up, if you want to take that on, because I know that's always been an issue that... Uh, pissed you off quite a bit at least i know when i talked to you during that time well you know it's it's a uh, unfounded allegations it's nonsense it, it's not true you know anybody who, who grew up in my neighborhood knows people that's how it is right and truth of the matter is it has there was, there was no truth to any of those allegations it's uh it's nonsense they got nothing they never had nothing it was a total story totally fabricated in order to try and sex up what they were trying to do and as you know, the government is good at doing that. They yep. like to play a lot of games. They like to play a little bit on the dirty side. With right. What they, and they don't care about who gets hurt in the process. Right. I got hurt in the process. It wasn't good for me. It was very bad for me. Is that one of the reasons you kind of kept low profile? I know you got, I know you got a couple offers to do books. I know that uh, back in the day, Gary Halbert had uh, one of his seminars said, something to the effect that you were like the most frightening, devastating closer he'd ever seen. Um, did you, were you at like the seminar? Did you do anything with Gary or what was the deal there? Cause that's, Gary's one of my idols. So when I, I mean, that was pretty cool stuff. Well, I was involved with an organization that's not in business any longer. And, uh, you know, Gary, I believe had done some of the marketing work for them. He was doing some of the, uh, direct mail. I see. Went out and we, closed it on the back end. That was our leads. That was our paper, and we we closed them on the back end. Um, it was very kind of him to say that. He was a an amazing man. Every Everything that I've ever read about him is absolutely true in person, and uh, he just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't mess around. This is not a guy who plays games. This right. is a guy who knows his work and knows his business, and I got to tell you, we made a lot of money in that business, and, uh, 
unfortunately, it's not possible anymore these days, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Are you out of the phone game now, or did they put you out of the phone game? Because you're doing the, I know you're, you're doing the stuff in Punta Gorda and Dominican Republic. Is that more of a direct sale type thing? I mean, because it sounds to me like, and, and this would be classic uh, Frankie De Bono, because I know one of the things you were always good at, it's like the old, uh, you, ta- you told me once, you see how that concierge is working the room with these whales, like in the casino? Is that sort of what you're doing now? You're, are you, it sounds to me almost like you're... In a way, in a way I show people a good time. I show people a good time, and I help relieve them of their, nece- of their necessity to invest their money into a uh, high-yield uh, investment offshore. I see. Okay. Punta Cana is, a, is an amazing, unbelievable opportunity right now. The growth is explosive. The quality of life here is un. So y'all got running water, I take it, and all that stuff, man. I've been in Puerto Rico, but I haven't been in. Uh, man, I forget. Been in- Puerto Rico is a mess. Right. Punta Cana is a gem. So you basically, you get somebody from Jerkwater USA board, got some money, and Frankie DeBono wines and dines them. Is basically, and, and if it's what I think it is, there probably ain't nobody in the world better than you at that. So we have a good time with with each other during the time that we spend together. We put we present a uh, a solid investment opportunity which they take advantage of most of the time, as could be expected. And those that don't, it's no problem. You know, hey, it's a, it's not a pressure situation. It's a it's a lot of money, and it's a a smarter group of people than, than maybe what we were dealing with back in the day. Right. Well, what was the old line that one day? We're trying to get the hell out of the office. It was a Monday. And uh, Lindsay's bitching, says you guys got to stay up until the Monday night kickoff. And, man, that was classic. I think that was about – I think we probably – I think I got fired a week after you did, but you got fired right there because you went off on her and said, I'm not staying around and listening to these friggin' degenerates want me to pick tell, – tell them about that because that was classic shit. I think right. you actually walked or got the axe. And then, of course, you got the axe about every week. You got fired every week, and every week they bring you back. You just say, you know, fuck it, I'm leaving, and then you'd come back. I mean, because there wasn't anybody. They said, could... they said you was a ball buster, but, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, when you're bringing in the money, you make your own terms. And that's what happened. I didn't like the way it was it was going, and uh, we parted We parted company, and I guess you, you didn't last too much longer no, after that. No, I was that. about a week I, after that, man. I think I, I was about I, a I week got tired of all the degenerates, you know. We got people in there, they, you know spending their money on, on picking winners on Monday instead of buying food for the child. Right. You told, yeah, you told that one guy. That's, that's what I remember because some dude had called in and he stuck 40 large to the books. And I don't know where he's calling from, Ohio or someplace. And, and normally you just close the guy because this guy was ready. And you just flat out, instead of taking the money, you went on a rant. They call him <laughs> a degenerate or some shit. That's pretty much it. I, I'd probably call them to go, go to the grocery store. Yeah. Well, what what is the, uh, I mean, I know, I mean, basically we've talked, and I, you've done in excess of probably $25 million in your career, and that's sick numbers for what the type of stuff you do. Give some people out there, how do, how do you pull that off? Because this isn't a case where I think somebody can necessarily duplicate what you did. I think you got the X factor because, I mean, I'm serious, people. When you saw this guy on the phone, there was nobody better. He's like a, you were like a friggin' chameleon. Didn't matter who you were talking to, you matched him perfectly. Um, you know, again, this is back in the day. But give, what were some of? I mean, if you had to, like, if you did put the book together, what were some of your secrets, man? 
Why were you so well, good? I, I think you know. I think he nailed it. it one, the, the first thing you got to do is you got to match people's personality. You got to you got to meet them where they are. You got to talk to them the way that they they want to be spoken to. You have to speak their language. You have to understand what they want and what. Well, they how did you speak to a redneck? Let's say, like, say you were pitching a Clay Tipton. What would you have done with that jerk off? They like to joke around a lot, you know. It's yeah. uh, it's easy because you know I'm from New York. That's an easy stereotype. And I play it. I forget about it, you know. I play it up right. with them a lot, and they like to do that. They like to, to play with that. And uh, if you know, if you don't have a lot of congruency with the person that you're speaking to, it's better for you to uh, make a caricature out of yourself, almost to make it disarm the sort of skepticism that happens in the mind of the person, you sort of put that on pause by being, you know, kind of a character, somebody that they enjoy talking to, they're having fun talking to, they're right. enjoying it. And so you, you, you create that bond, you know. I, one of the things, as you remember, one of the things that I would often do is, is call people two or three times before I ever went for the clothes. Well, right. knuckleheads try and bang the phones, they try and get the clothes, they want the money. Now, sometimes you have to have a sense of delayed gratification. You've got to wait a little while before you put the hammer down. And that way, when you demand that they take an action, they do it because you've shown them the respect and the restraint of not hitting them with the hammer so early. You're trying to you're trying to give them time to acclimate to what you're doing. Gotcha. And it's it's not something that you're going to hear in a lot of sales training, but it's a very important skill to have. You have to wait for the right moment to strike. When did you first start selling, man? Because I mean, you're in Brooklyn. You know, you. I, I know. Well, you man, we've been hustling since we, you know, from day one. That's how it is. Right. And you know, getting on the phone wasn't nothing for me. Didn't mean nothing to me to jump on the phone and talk to people. That's you know, I got a big mouth. I know that. Yeah. And uh, no problem there. You know, that's uh, that's. I decided that was how I was going to make money, and I got into the coin gig. The coin gig made me a lot of money, and uh, from there everything happened. You know, I met people, and. One thing led to another, you know. It's taken me down an interesting path. <laughs> there's no question. A very interesting path. Yeah, no, there's no. I know uh, any. I know you got a, and I'm not going to drop dime on you because you know I ain't going to do that. But I know you got a couple uh, celebrity stories involving a couple pretty uh, well-known, uh, what we might call attractive. Uh, how do I put this? Movie actresses. <laughs> I'm not going to make you name the name, but let's just say that Frankie DeBono... Discretion is the better part of valor, Vinny. You know this. You know this. Discretion is the better part of valor. But you were closer in a lot of other things besides just commemorative coins, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know, there was nothing wrong with, uh, you know, having a little libation, sharing your time with someone of the uh, female persuasion. Well, yeah, but you always thought you were greedy because we're in, I know we're in the, I don't know if we were in the, Pal, I think we were in the Palomino Club in Vegas. Now, for me, you know, we, and we, and back then, you know, we were flush with some cash and stuff. I'd walk in, I'd just be happy, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to, you know, maybe hook up with one of these girls. I look back over at you that one night, and you're sitting over at the booth, and you got about six girls. And it's like, you know, pick a number type thing. And I'm thinking, damn, man. Then that's, that's when I'm sitting here thinking, man, I, I was I, nipple bump. That was the nipple bump night. Remember nipple uh, bump? Ahead. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna <laughs> nobody on my show. Go ahead, tell them what it was. It was the '80s. We'll get a pass. It's cool. Well, you know, there was there certain substances that people were it was popular in those days, and you know, you 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 enjoyed it off of a certain piece of female anatomy was uh, the way that we were doing. 
<laughs> well, you finished. Okay. All right. Uh, now, I want the to nipple do... bump. Now, I think, yeah, some of us actually went into the men's room to do that, but not Frankie. No. no okay. I'll go to the VIP booth for that. Thank oh, you. my God. Um, what about the sales managers? Because some of the funniest shit I ever remember, like I said, goes back to Lindsay. Uh, you called her Lizzie. That's probably what she hated. You always called her Lizzie Borden. But anyway, it was Lindsay. You, um, you have never had much use for these people. I sort of, I have to kind of agree. There's nothing I hate worse than one of these people sitting there in a tie. They're not picking up the phone. And they're company men, sort of like the Kevin Spacey character in the movie. And I have seen you go off to the point where I thought you were going to have the big, you know, aneurysm. But what is your biggest, it, it, and I don't think you've changed much on that. I don't think you've ever had too much respect for a room manager too often, unless it was a guy who came, you know, from the same place you did, you know, in the trenches. Um, give us some feedback on that, because I know a lot of people have been stuck in jobs, whether it's, you know, phone or direct sales, where you got that one asshole that's sitting there behind a the desk and getting paid more money than you to do. You ain't getting paid more money than me. That's a fact. Well, not you, maybe, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. And usually these are the little corporate yes men, the little ass-kissy corporate yes man says right. whatever he wants to say to you to make himself look good, has nothing to do with the production of the room. They're, they're usually bad for production in the room. Right. Nine times out of ten, these knuckleheads have absolutely no idea what it's like to get on the phone and bang the phones for a living every day. All they know is that they have a little computer, they punch in their little information, they get on the phone, and they rat you out because right. you came in late, because you spent an hour and a half at lunch, because you drank a beer on a Friday before you came in, whatever. Right. Some kind of problem, some kind of problem all the time with these guys. Yeah. They open a big fucking, excuse me, they open a big Sorry. mouth with you, they want to, you know, create a lot of friction, a lot of problems. You, tell, you know something, I, they pay you like a freaking bill, Okay. I make the money that pays your freaking salary. Shut your mouth. That's the conversation that we have, as you recall. Well, I also recall you telling Lizzie, you said something like, you're, you weigh 300 pounds and your ass weighs 280. I, I told her she got, she's, got, she's got a memory like an elephant and an ass to match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We, we, uh, yeah, no, that, it really was, because I was thinking about it all, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm going to go ahead and just let him bring up the strip club because you're going to bring it up anyway. But, man, we did. We had a lot of fun back then, man. <laughs> the nipple bump. The nipple bump. Brother, you've got to come to Punta Cana. We've got to do this. You're going to have a time of your life, I promise you. It's like nothing you have ever seen before. This is the most exotic, beautiful country, the most exotic, beautiful women. Well, now, with the women, because I'm starting to think these chicks down here, I'm dealing with her insane anyway. So uh, you got that little snow bunny from uh, Canada you, you got there in that little thing of yours, huh? I've seen uh, what you're doing up there in the barter arbitrage. Oh no, so nah, yeah, you know, nah. She's she's uh, she's hitched now, man. But uh, I'm oh, still all right, all right. <laughs> oh hey, you know, better look me up. Better come visit Punta Cana. <laughs> no man, I don't think send you know. send her a week down here. We'll put her in the spa for a couple of days. Relax her. She'll you know she'll forget all about that. Oh man, I, I you know I'm not. I don't discriminate. It's not a problem for me. That she's married? Oh, okay. Of course not. <laughs> no, I, this is not my problem. This has never been my problem. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm serious, man. I think I'll talk to you after the show, man. But uh, 
I could get the hell out of here. Maybe uh, I got another month of being busy here, and then get the hell down there. No, bar the bar product's going well, and uh, I got a few. I'm impressed, and I gotta say, I'm impressed, Vinny. I didn't know you had that kind of thing in you. You didn't know I had what in me? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Something in you? No, I didn't know that you had it in you for this product. I was impressed. I said. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Uh, If I could get you on the phone, banging the phones, man, uh, you know, I'd be selling more. You're gonna have to raise the price a little bit from, uh, you know, what the hell is two ninety seven right now, bro? Two hundred ninety seven. Jesus Christ! That'll come out of the freaking door for two hundred ninety seven. <laughs> well, one hundred ninety seven dollars. Um, I mean, you're gonna get me on the phone. What to do? What? Well, you're you're gonna do some clothing, brother, right? For old times' sake, for Vinny, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, maybe we'll see. We'll talk. What, about what it. if I if I down, we get you down here? Who knows? We all kinds of problems could surface. <laughs> let me ask you this. What kind of kickback are you getting on these? Well, you're not going to tell me. But let me ask you I'm this. not going to tell you nothing. <laughs> it ain't going to go on Facebook. But listen, what are you? Um, how long have you been doing this little uh, gig down in Punta Gorda or Punta whatever the hell it is in Dominican Republic? Well, you know, we haven't talked in a while. I, uh, I, had, a little, I had a little vacation for about five years. I know that. And when I fed, uh, and uh, I, I'm well aware, I had a little problem with the tax man, and uh, <laughs> a little dispute between myself, that. between myself and certain agencies that like to count the pennies. There was a little discrepancy in in that department. I spent some time um, thinking, and during that time, I decided that it was probably best for me not to do business on the shores of the United States. And right. I had the opportunity to come down and spend some time here, and uh, it worked out very well for me. I, I love it here. I absolutely love it. I know that you had a fine in that case. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because this is classic you. They they gave you a fine. I think it was, uh, I think you told 425000 or something. It was a fine plus the time, et cetera, et cetera. And you actually got a bigger fine because you said something, I think, to the judge like, I can bring that to you cash right now, or so you did. It was not one of your brighter moments. I hate to say it to you, because I think when the time you were done, he he, he came back and said something okay, like, "Well, if you can judge, handle four twenty-five, let's make it an even five or something." What what went down at judge, that? It was it wasn't the judge. It was the IRS directly that I said that to. Oh, it wasn't, okay. It was not a not a not a particularly shining moment. Yeah, that not was not one, one of, of your best, better uh, rebuttals. No, no. You told it did me not that rebuttal well. cost you seventy-five grand because you said something. <laughs> next thing you know, it went from four twenty-five to five hundred thousand even. Well, it actually ended up being a lot more than that by the time all was said and done. I should have been should have kept my stupid mouth shut. Is what I should have done. Right. But long story short, that was a mistake that I made. It was a lapse in judgment, and uh, I uh, I spent some time away, and then I realized that uh, there was other places that I could could do business in a uh, more conducive environment, shall we say. I got you. I got you. I might, I'm serious, man. I, you, oh, I think I told you, I don't know, the last time we talked, I told you I came in here, i got to find my passport. It was the only good ID I had left because my state ID is expired. I got the passport. Still got a year left on it. And I don't know if one of these jerk-off waitresses threw it away in the trash. I think I had it sitting on a paper on my desk, so I'm going to have to get that thing renewed, man. But I think I'm, I, I seriously, man, that would, I, I'm still tripping on you in the restaurant business. How in the hell did you find a, a restaurant? How in did the you find up water? In, yeah, bringing freaking shrimps on the barbie or something. 
<laughs> what do you what do you sell fish? Yeah, man, we sell fresh Florida sea filler, bro. I mean, it's doing good, man. I mean, but I, you know, you know, I you can already imagine what I think of the restaurant business. I can't imagine. I imagine you blow your stack every night. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Ah, uh, boy, you got this is the second show in a, in a row. I'm off balance on, but uh, let me ask you this. So. When's the last time you've been back to the old neighborhood? You've been back to Brooklyn or back to Vegas? Or, I mean, how long have you been sitting in this, uh, whatever the hell it is, in Dominican Republic? I visit from time to time, but not too much. I spend most of my time here, is where I right. live. Right. And uh, I'm telling you, man, it's a, it's something here. Like, you know, you can't imagine. It's like paradise. No, I... I, I, have, I have absolutely no inclination to visit. I right. go see, you know, I go see family. I do things from time to time, but for the most part, I, I like to stay here. Cool. Well, 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 let me ask you this. I know you got an offer that was pretty good offer to do just, you know, and I know I, I'm just curious because you you actually turned that down. I know there was some good change in it. Why'd you turn the book deal down, man? Well, I I was advised that it wasn't a smart move. This is probably not a smart move, but, uh, you know, fuck them. What are they going to do? Yeah. Um, the book deal was not a... In other words, they wanted you to talk about some certain things you didn't want to tie, and I know where they were going with it, so I sort of understand. I'm just trying to... I know you also had a pretty good offer on the table, though, so wasn't it quite, you didn't turn it down because you didn't think the money wasn't right. You had other reasons, or... Well, no, it was uh, you know legal reasons. Essentially, mm-hmm. it was a uh, it was it was advice. I was advised not to do it. But isn't there such a thing as double jeopardy or something? Because this was you were offered this after. Well, that's, that's why I pay six hundred and fifty dollars an hour, and not have to know that. Yeah, I guess. Okay. What about speaking or anything? Because I, I I know you got pitched that thing too. No, I don't. I, you know, again, I don't really have any intention of coming to the United States to do engagements of that of that nature. Well, how much I, does a uh, well, how much a cold beer cost down there, wherever the hell you're at? You don't have like to pay. Like South Beach, Miami, where you spend. I don't pay. I don't pay for. A, I'm telling you, Vinny, I don't pay for a fucking thing here. Yeah. Okay. And what you do pay for, you pay nothing for. You pay peanuts. It's like unbelievable, unbelievable. We'll talk about this. Uh, you know. I'm we'll no, I'm definitely. Uh, I'm definitely interested, man get into too much of the specifics right now on the air, but let's just say we'll we'll make arrangements for you to come visit and you will see you'll have your eyes opened to the full price of bonus. Vinny really don't want to buy a hundred and eighty thousand dollar timeshare, so so you know, that's just me. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. We'll find it. we'll find a lot of another lucky I'll individual. Probably bought one. That's the that's what find another me. lucky individual to, to subsidize your visit, all right? All right, man. Well man, all that right. sounds good. What um what is the future, man? So you, right now, I think you got obviously you got a pretty good gig going. I know you're I doing have well. Unbelievably fortunate set of circumstances. Yeah, uh, I want you down here, man. I want you to see what we got going on. But you no, uh, believe, no, uh, you bump, cannot believe what is happening. No the economy is in the tanks in the U.S. Everybody's yeah. everybody's busted in the right. U.S. except for the people who are coming to visit me. Right, people who are coming to visit Frankie need. An escape valve. Well, you know, here's the here's what's really cool because I did the little timeshare thing years and years ago, and I know we always had to go for the couples. That was the demographic; it had to be certain age. Yeah, I but think this it was is like, not a timeshare. You're, you're actually get, getting single dudes. Get timeshare. This is not a timeshare. This is a okay. resort. This is a private resort. These are private, individually owned resorts. 
These are investment properties that uh, have a component of relaxation built in that you don't get in the United States. Okay? Oh, my God. You okay. don't exactly, you don't get to enjoy the perks and benefits that you do when you buy some other investment property in freaking Poughkeepsie, okay? So let's, uh, <laughs> let's put it in perspective here. This is not a, a freaking timeshare in some, you know, how many uh, units you got bag. left? How many units you got left down there? I mean, what are we talking? Um, we got talking four about? different. We got four different properties that we represent. Okay. And yeah, I'm give telling me you, right? Well, I'm going to show you everything. You, you, All right. You're going to be impressed when you see the operation that they got running here. It's something. Man, it's. Uh, I'm just more looking for vacation at this point. Um, I'm going to be stuck here for probably February, March, but I'm thinking April maybe. Uh, and I will pass along your little tidbit to the Sylvia, but I, like I said, you know what? Actually, if anybody could get her out of Canada to go to Dominican Republic, it'd be you. I couldn't even do that, man, and I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a pleasant experience. Like I said, we'll set her up in the spa for three days. She'll forget all about uh, being married. No, oh, man, that's interesting, man. What, um, what, what, what's the future hold, man? What are you looking to do beyond this, or is this where you're at right now, and you're just sticking to it? Oh, you the don't future ever, is so bright. You, you bounce around for anything else. I'm enjoying the hell out of myself right now. This is the best time I've had in decades. You and used to tell me. I, I always liked that line. You said, "Vinny, as long as you can sell, you'll never be poor." And uh, I have to. I tend to agree. I mean, I'm not in your league when it comes to that, but. You have been at, you have literally been the top dog in almost any industry that you jumped into. I don't know how the hell you do it. Like I said, sometimes man, it's like I'm working hard to pitch the sports picks, and I'm you know, and you're just up there. I don't know, man. It's the X factor again. Maybe that's maybe it's good you don't write a book because I'm not sure anybody duplicate what you've done, man. Straight up. Well, I appreciate that. You know, uh, I enjoy working with you. We had a lot of fun together. Me and you had some kicks. You know. Yeah, we did. And, uh, the business that that we're in is one of people, you know. You and I both know how to talk to people. We know how to get along with people. We know how to speak to other people and make them feel important, make them feel special. And uh, when you can do that, you can make a lot of money in any business. It doesn't. I mean, I sold everything, rare coins. I sold real estate, stocks and investments. It's all the same. At the end of the day, you're making a connection with a human being on the other end of the telephone. If you can do that, you can make money. Yeah, and you know what? The, in, in your defense here, for people who are hearing about the legal issue, you never had any legal issues involving. You didn't. In fact, what's remarkable about it is you really never got any heat for anything you did because you basically delivered everything you said you delivered. Your, your again, your issue apparently was, uh, you know, IRS related. But you never were. Um, you were never uh, charged or even accused of uh, other than, like I said, the little uh, the the issue where they were coming out talking about the alleged mob ties up there, which were unsubstantiated, like you said. Uh, you never it, had no you issue. Know, it, it, it was IRS stuff. It's you know one of the things you'll find when you get into a haven like the Dominican Republic is that there's a there's a large number of people who have had negative experiences with certain agencies in the mm -hmm. United States. And uh, there's a little joke we make that, you know, everybody who comes down, if, if you're not indicted, you're not invited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, lot, there's, a, there's a commonality of the mindset of people here who are sort of spending their time off, uh, off of American shores, so to speak. And I will say this, that uh, 
you know, ultimately for me, it was a, it was a matter of uh, just simply connecting with people, and I didn't have a lot of refunds. I didn't have a lot of problems no. with people. I didn't have a lot of complaints. I didn't have a lot of jackasses because I didn't suffer playing with those guys. I didn't waste my time with them, and secondarily, I just didn't want to talk to somebody like that. That some stroke on the phone. I'm I'm hanging up on that guy. I'm not going to waste my time trying to convince some stroke to put his money in. Forget that guy. Hey, I got something I want to bring up, and because you called this right, you called this dead right. I think probably about two years ago, we had had a conversation, and I know you're not really an internet guy, neither am I. I mean, I got the project out there, but I mean, I got people that are pretty much running that, and I and I just tell people straight. I think that's why people appreciate the product. And me, I just come out and tell them my flaws and say, look, I don't know how to do anything, but maybe slap a blog up. But you did mention to me about these infomercials and where that was all leading. And I know you were talking specifically about certain guys that were on there, and you said these dudes are a ticking time bomb. And he's, and you, you actually said two years from now, Vinny, FTC going to be up their ass. And, man, I know if – I don't know how long ago it was, six, six months ago or whatever, they did like a blanket. The FTC just cracked and and that's one of the reasons we got – give me some uh, – give, give us your spin on that, because that really does relate to people in the Internet marketing business, because you were talking about this shit long before anybody else was. Well, that's because, you know, we got a lot of leads from the Internet for years before the, uh, this whole thing took over with all this make money on Google and all of this nonsense. Right. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is it's a – it's a slimy business, much slimier than a lot of the rooms we worked in. A lot of joints was not, you know, perfect, but uh, bottom line is there was a certain degree of accountability involved. Right. And it doesn't seem to be that. It's like the wild freaking west on the Internet with these guys. Right. And some of these guys then decided they were going to take their, their pitch and, and move it to TV. Right. And the spots were terrible. They were horrible. If you or I was to say the things that they were saying, yeah, it would be Well, it's like the one Paul infomercial where he's got the two chicks with the big racks, and they're sitting outside a mansion, and then you got these you know, shills up there saying, well, I did this and this and this. You, just, you said it back then. I mean, you said it in a little more colorful language, but you said this, this is a FTC's wet dream, basically. Well, that's exactly what it is. You know, yeah. if you can't say it on the phone, I promise you, you can't say it on a television commercial. Right. Yeah. You can't, bro you can't broadcast it on freaking national television to be recorded and played back for a jury of your peers. <laughs> what did, I, I, I'll tell this you the This is not rocket science, eh? Yeah, I'm going to tell you the other line you used to say that I love, and I still say it. It's probably one of the reasons uh, I watch what I say on the phone when I'm getting pissed off or something. You you told me once, never say anything on a phone you don't want played back to you someday. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I, I, even when I'm talking to one of the ex-girlfriends, man, and she says something to piss me off, I'm always, I'm always that, that line is always in the back of my head. Because with the technology today... You know, it's not hard to bait somebody into saying something that will get played back someday. So, just like just like with a certain lady friend you're trying to impress, you know, there's <laughs> romance involved on right. on the telephone. You have to speak sweetly in their ear. You got to whisper a little bit. Well, I tell they tell that to Tiger Woods, man. There you go, uh, Tiger. <laughs> Poor bastard. 
I keep waiting. I, I'm no fan, and I'm not condoning or whatever, you know. But the fact is, I keep, I keep waiting for them to tell me who he murdered, because last time I checked, this guy didn't even commit a crime. No, uh, what this guy liked to do was a line off of a stripper's ass in Vegas. <laughs> is this a crime? Well, maybe a misdemeanor. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't have Tiger down there in Punta Gorda or Punta whatever. That. What the hell is it called? He, I gotta been, he has been there. He's been. Tiger's been. A Are lot of what? A-list celebrities that come through. You'd be surprised. I'm telling you right now, wait till you see this. Mickey Rourke was here. Uh, you you won't believe. You will not. I'm not even going to get into it with you because I, I, I don't, don't want to spoil the surprise. I don't want to spoil the surprise for you when you see what I have in store waiting for you. Oh man, I'm, I'm telling you that you got me. You actually got me interested in this, and you didn't even bring this up to me when we talked before the show. So, um, I, I might be down for this. Man. I run. I can. The nice thing, the one thing I will will, will tell you, because I know you ain't got a lot. Of, I mean, I know you're not really into the internet thing, and neither am I. But the nice part about this is, because you know, I don't have any. That's what I tell everybody. I don't have any other product but this one. So you know, I can put my heart and soul into it. But the cool thing is. The advantage is I could do it sitting in, in uh, Dominican Republic. You know, it's pretty really? much turnkey. You know, I update, I do my audios for my peeps, and, um, you know, the shit actually is good. And, and, and truthfully, like you, you know, the people that are in are sticking around, and it's a great product. So, you know, it makes it a lot easier. I mean, it's one thing if you got to sell shit, and then you got to try to keep people. This is something that, truthfully, you know, I can put my name on, and I don't have to sweat that stuff, so... No, not at all. And when you, you know, when you can do business and enjoy yourself the way you can here, it's uh, it's something special. Well, I think it takes ten years off my life, because I'm telling you, like uh, classic example I showed you before. I uh, before. that's not a promise. That's a threat. <laughs> no, but it's like I'm going to send you home damaged, Vinny. No, you're going to be damaged freaking goods by the time you get home. No, but I mean, it's like I'm sitting here waiting to try to, you know, get ready for the show. I got, you know, somebody, you know, walks in the back door, and then my, my pops, who's been playing golf today, and the new cook, they walk in, they're happy in the bag, and they're laughing and giggling, grabbing some butt. I'm thinking, man, you know, uh, this is supposed to be my day off. You know, we're closed, and it's like it just never stops here in this joint. That that's I, I, I'm, I'm serious. You get married to these type of businesses, so... Um, yeah, but you get to play a little grab ass with the waitresses, right? No, man, I learned my lesson, bro. I, seriously, uh, one <laughs> wait. No, I'm dead serious. I, I, I had a waitress in here, put the moves on her, and this was a few years ago. Told me she's divorced. Actually, showed me the papers. Now they weren't signed, but she actually physically had papers. Next thing I know, three days later, my pops walks in. I think I told Sylvia this. There is like a. He said, "You better stay in the house." I said, "Why?" He said, Morgan's old man just showed up with the redneck posse. I'm talking the pickup truck with, like, the Confederate flag, the right. mask sticker, and the pit bull, and eight bubbas looking to whip my ass. I call her up. I said, well, what the fuck did you do that? Why'd you sell? She said, oh, I decided I'm going to stay with Norman. I said, well, fine. You stay with him. You didn't have to sit there and say, you know, we did a nasty in the bar. So I learned my lesson on that, man. I don't, I'll All right. Fair enough. Crap, fair enough. Yeah, you don't, you know, you don't, uh. You don't need that kind of problem. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what do you, what, what, I, yeah, you didn't have much to say about that one, did you? <laughs> <laughs> that ain't too good. That ain't too good, my friend. That is not good news. No, man. A 300-pound redneck with a baseball bat with your name on it is well, never they all a, are. The girls are all pleasant. pretty, and then they got some dude they're married to that sits at home, eats a bag of friggin' Doritos, and 
basically waits for them to come home so they can get their cut of the tip money. I, I, I've never seen any. This is the Polk County, Florida. I'm surprised. Like I said, the toughest three years of their life is the third grade down here, man. Straight up, redneck central. And yet you got some money here, too. So, anyway, bro, you got any hey, you closing got Oh, man. Yeah, they're one foot on the grave, one on the friggin' banana peel, and I swear to God, most of them come here to die. They'll choke on a shrimp in your restaurant. All's good, right? Yeah, man. You got me motivated again, man. It's like old times, man. This has been cool, man. I got about, I don't know, we had three minutes, four minutes. Throw something out there, man. If you got to give anybody some advice based on your experience, throw it out there, man. Wow, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you, you make your mark. You do your own thing. You know, you march to your own beat. You don't take no for an answer, and uh, you just simply push. You know, I, nothing. nobody ever gave me a thing. Yeah. Everything I had, I scratched and I fought for. And you've right. got to do the same thing. Yep. And what you want, you've got to go out and get it. And no and victims, plenty man. plenty of money on the street. There's yeah. plenty of money on the street. Don't listen to this bullshit. Yep. And nobody has any money. There's plenty yep. of people who have money. It's like you said, when they start bitching about 10% unemployment, you turn around and say, that means, Vinny, 90% of the country's working. I, I like that too, man, because that's how you always spend shit. And that, you know, you can bitch about the 10% or you can sit there and accentuate the 90%. And that's probably, I mean, like I said, guys, this is, well, you're, I mean, it's straight up, man. This has been. I, I'm. It's bring. I, I'm sitting here like doing the nostalgia flashback, thinking about some of that, uh, you know, some of that crazy shit we did back in the day, man. And uh, I'm gonna call you. I, I'll give me a few minutes to have shows over. I give you a ring, and uh, I'm serious. Um, I, what? How? What is the flight like? It's Miami. Is that like a two? I don't think it's that far. Is it? Uh, no, not at all. It's a, 45 minutes. I don't think it's that short, bro. The Dominican Republic. 45-minute flight. From Miami? Yes. You sure this ain't like Dominican Republic uh, halfway island or something before you get uh, Maybe you're right. I'll go check it out. I thought it was a couple hours. That's because you're a freaking knucklehead. What do you oh, want? Oh, man. Hey, at least I was all, hey, I always was behaved. I, I, did, I did save your ass the one night. You were always a gentleman, Vinny. You're a scholar. and Well, you're not really a scholar, and you're not really a gentleman, but you're yeah. a nice guy. Yeah, but I did save your ass that one night that the you now you weren't counting cards. This true story, and then I gotta let you go because I'm gonna run out of time. You're sitting there, you're half shit faced. You're you're not you don't know how to count cards any more than I do. But you're sitting there, and you made the comment to the uh, dealer, "Well, I'm gonna hit this hard 16 because I'm a card counter." And the fact is, you get a five dealt to you. Next thing you know, they're about to. That was the end of it because you were. You were kindly asked to leave, but I, I smoothed that one out for you, so don't forget that. Anyway, 60 seconds to go. Frankie DeBono, man, this has been fun, unlike the, uh, uh, the show last week, which <laughs> there was some entertainment value there, I guess. I don't people. know where you found these. Where did you find this guy? Oh, God, long story, bro. Anyway, man, I appreciate it. I'll call you, I'll call you after the show, man. All right, very good. Thanks, brother. All right, guys. Peace. This is Vegas Vince. As always, may you live to see the dawn. May all your dreams come true. May you always remain forever young. And watch out for those strippers in Vegas. Cost you a lot of money. Good night. Peace.